0: welcome to nope never saw it i'm gina a movie lover
1: and i'm sonia a movie not lover
0: my mission is to make sonia watch all the movies she's never seen
1: and my mission is to watch more movies and not always have to say nope never saw it so we started this podcast we hope you enjoy it so gina yes sonia i'm ready let's get started Welcome back,
0: everybody, to another episode of Nope, Never Saw It. I am Gina, and with me always is the lovely, beautiful Sonia. Hi, Sonia. Hi, Gina. Hi. Hi. We're going to be talking about This is Spinal Tap today, which I still can't believe, Sonia, that you had not yet seen being the music lover that you are. So I'm so happy that you have finally seen this movie.
1: I feel like we should be singing this whole episode. Do you want to? I do, but I don't think I want to subject our listeners to that, right. at least for, from me. You have a very beautiful voice.
0: Oh, thank you. But I you know, right. I think I think either way, even I, I don't think I'm a good improviser. So mm. let's get people to keep listening.
1: Okay. Maybe in a future episode. <laughs> it'll be an, all singing, an right. all singing episode.
0: I love that idea. All right. So we are going to be diving into this is Spinal Tap. But before we do, we are going to start with our friendship. Da, 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 da,
1: friendship! was Rock my out! Yeah, that was my tribute to Spinal Tap. That was amazing. <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'll start. My friendship this week. If you remember a few episodes ago, Sonia, you talked about how you had completed your 500th Peloton ride. Mm-hmm. I just did my first Peloton ride. (gasps) Excellent. What
1: instructor did you take a ride with?
0: You know what? I knew you were going to ask me that and I have no idea who it was. (laughs) It was a girl Okay. and she had dark hair Mm -hmm. and she was very fit and that's all I remember.
1: Was her name Hannah?
0: Maybe. I don't know. (laughs)
1: I don't okay. know. <laughs> well, you'll have to look back and tell me. And we also have to become Peloton friends.
0: Okay. Oh, you can do that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I. It was really fun. I just did a 20-minute ride. Um, and obviously, I don't have a Peloton, but I used the app. And it was fun. I was really happy to be spinning again because the, the spin place that I used to go to is closed now permanently. So,
1: that's Is that the one sad. in town? Yeah. Oh no! No,
0: Wait. not the one in town. The one in the next town. In okay. your town? Oh, yeah, yeah, in my town. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're gone forever. Oh no! I know. It's really sad. I didn't
1: know
0: that. I love how mysterious we are, by the way, by not saying what town we. I live know. In. I know. I don't <laughs> know
1: if we're ready to share
0: that detail. Yeah. Right. So for the three people that are listening, Correct. <laughs> who <laughs> might show up at our houses? <laughs> <Yeah. Shh. laughs> but anyway, but I'm excited to do more rides.
1: Oh, good. Yeah, it's great. I love it, obviously.
0: Obviously. Yes. It's 500. Well, now
1: you're more than 500, probably. Mm-hmm. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. Yeah. You're a badass. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, speaking of things I love, this is the perfect segue into my friend share. So I was going through a time in my life, like a year, year and a half ago, where I just didn't love coffee anymore. And I felt I mean, I still drank it because it was it's basically like my my life fuel to function in the morning, but I like wasn't really enjoying it. And I think it's because there wasn't a place that I had found that I really liked the coffee and I just was not into coffee anymore but I have to say I have recently refallen fallen in love with coffee okay. and now I look forward to it every morning and it's like I think part of it is because I have some before like you know I kind of start the work day but before I like really get into it and I feel like it's just like a refreshing time and I'm like enjoying my own time and I found this really great coffee that is hazelnut flavored. And weirdly, it's from CVS, it's like <laughs> their brand, but it's so, it's so good. Oh my gosh. What do you think rekindled your love for coffee? I think it's this one, like it tastes really good. And then if I leave the room and come back in, like the whole room has this delicious hazelnut smell to it. I think that's it. Huh. I could
0: get behind the hazelnut smell, but do you still love me? even though I don't like coffee at all?
1: I do. I feel like you're not loving coffee is like me not loving movies. And I think we might have to start a second podcast (laughs) about coffee. Nope, never tried it. (laughs) Nope, never had it. (laughs) Well, coffee is not all that we're drinking. We also have our signature cocktail. Do you see, we're becoming the queen of segways.
0: We really are. Well, you are. I'm just following your lead. (laughs) You're
1: doing a great job. Um, So we're drinking something called a Spinal Tap, which clearly is very appropriate for this is Spinal Tap. And it is one and a half ounces of spiced rum. (laughs) Clearly, it's a strong drink. One and a half (laughs) ounces of spiced rum one and a half ounces of vodka, a splash of grenadine, and then four ounces of orange juice. It does taste strong. Gina and I were talking pre-show when we took our first sips. Yes. So here are our drinks. Cheers to you. Cheers. Clink, clink. Chin, chin. And Gina's again is in a beautiful glass. I
0: went with my margarita glass.
1: That was a good call. You think so? yeah it it always looks beautiful mine's in more of like a rocks glass but my glass is music themed
0: i think that your glass is way more appropriate for this drink now is this is this glass is this glass is this drink see it's a very strong drink we can already hear the effects oh boy (laughs) um is this drink based on the movie or is it just happened to be called spinal tap
1: I'm not sure because I did the thing again where I Googled it because I wanted to try to find something that would use some ingredients I knew we already had. And it came up on a bar's website. So I don't know if the bar created this because of the movie or maybe they did a movie night or something, but it just, that's where I got it from.
0: I really like it. I think it's delicious. I did not have spiced rum. I just used the rum that I have, the same rum that I've been using every time.
1: Okay. I did actually buy spiced rum and I don't think I taste a difference. So it's probably fine.
0: I was going to Google how to make regular rum taste like spiced rum because I wondered if I could just add something to it, but then I didn't.
1: Yeah, I probably I don't think you could add something. I think it probably would taste gross if you tried.
0: Probably. That's why I, you know, was like, I'm not gonna bother because I feel like whatever I try isn't gonna work. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this drink is absolutely delicious, and I'm excited to keep drinking it. And I'm excited to talk about This is Spinal Tap. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Here we go. This is Spinal Tap was released in 1984, the same year as The Karate Kid, actually. Oh, that's right. This is a big year for great movies for this podcast. It was directed by Rob Reiner, written by Christopher Guest, Michael McKeon, Harry Shearer, and Rob Reiner. Now, just a little. Side note about the writing credits. These four men were given writing credits to the film, but most of the film is actually ad-libbed, which Sonia, I'm sure you found in your research as well. And I saw that the original screenplay was really only about 20 minutes of material. So Christopher Guest, Michael McKeon, Harry Shearer, and Rod Reiner had petitioned for every single person who acted in the film to be given writing credits. Um, because they felt since most and uh, pretty much all of the film was ad libbed that everybody contributed to the screenplay, um, but their request was denied. So the writing credits were only given to guests McKeon Shearer, and Rob Reiner. Um, but that's a little a little backstory about the writing credits. Do you um, know who
1: makes that decision? Like when they petitioned to get it done and then it got denied, who was the person to do that? Or I have
0: off. I have in my notes a Screen Actors Guild, but that could be wrong. Oh, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, then it is starring Christopher Guest. As I said, Michael McKeon, Harry Shearer, and Rob Reiner. Christopher Guest is Nigel Tufnell. Michael McKeon as David St. Hubbins. Harry Shearer as Derek Smalls. And Rob Reiner as Marty DeBergey. De DeBergey? I forget how he said it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like looking at think- you and
1: you're just like I don't know <laughs> I think we can just alternate how we say it throughout the entire podcast
0: Right and someone yeah. someone will tell us which one was right and which one was wrong I'm sure um, So in, you know, in the spirit of our podcast I made a list of movies that are connected to all of the people who were a part of making this film um, With the exception of Rob Reiner because we did already touch on some of his films when we watched When Harry Met Sally which he did direct so i'm gonna skip ahead to christopher guest who played nigel Tufnell. so sonia are you ready to hear this list of films
1: i'm ready
0: all right and if you've seen it you say i saw that and if not what do you say
1: nope never saw it
0: okay here we go so christopher guest nigel Tufnell in this is spinal tap also starred in a mighty wind
1: yes i've seen it
0: okay best in show
1: nope never saw it which is surprising to me because there's dogs in that movie
0: that's true that is surprising you will have to see that yeah he also has a a role in the princess bride which I believe you have seen yes I love that movie right okay and he was also in little shop of horrors nope never saw it (gasps) oh my goodness I've been, for some reason, for the last couple of weeks, I have had music from Little Shop of Horrors creeping into my brain, and I feel like I need to see that movie again. Well, So maybe I think now I have a reason to see it again. I would say so. <laughs> I'm very excited. Okay, moving on to Michael McKeon, who was also in A Mighty Wind and Best in Show, but two other movies that are favorites of mine that he was in are Clue. Nope, never saw it. Oh, Clue is so good. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, we're adding that to the list. And the Brady Bunch movie. Yes, I've seen that. Okay, cool. And then Harry Shearer, he has a lot of television credits, actually. But he does have roles in the following films. Again, some favorites of mine. The Truman Show. Yes, that's an excellent movie. It is an excellent movie. My Best Friend's Wedding. Nope, never saw it. Oh boy. Okay. And A League of Their Own.
1: Yes, I've seen that. Okay. Oh, you're doing pretty good, Sonia. Seriously. you really well. Oh my goodness. Considering right. how badly I've been striking out lately, though, this is like a very small victory. That's true.
0: That's true. For our <laughs> listeners, I've been sending Sonia a list of movies and um, now I have a, like whether or not she's seen them and I'm keeping a Google doc and that list is growing and growing as the days go on. To but quote there, the trailer, that's a long list. That's a long <laughs> list, right? Um, however, there are a fair number of movies that you have seen, which I'm proud of you for seeing, but I'm also kind of sad that you've already seen them because there were some that I was really hoping that we could talk about in this podcast. But maybe you'll pick those movies, mm-hmm. which would be kind mm-hmm. of cool. Yeah. Okay. At our last episode, I asked you to give me a plot summary of what you thought this is Spinal Tap is about. Are you ready to hear word for word what you said in our last episode? Yes. <laughs> Here we go. Sonia's original plot summary. It's a fake documentary about a band or a documentary about a fake band called Spinal Tap. Um, they are heavy metal. They like to play it loud. They turn their amps up to 11 and I have no idea what else it's about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> that was pretty I good. Had, I had I no like idea. I like how honest you were. I <laughs> feel like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and that's all I got. <laughs> well, now that I've seen it, I can fill in some blanks there. And here is the real summary. Are you ready? I am so ready. David St. Hubbins and Nigel Tufnell formed Spinal Tap as young chaps in England. And over the years, their hobby, born out of friendship, propelled them into the heavy metal spotlight. This Is Spinal Tap follows the band during the release and promotion of their newest album, Smell the Glove. This is a journey that should be totally bitchin', but creative differences and girlfriends somehow always get in the way. Luckily, in the end, David and Nigel remember that the most important thing is just to make music, music and crank it to 11. <laughs>
0: So good. Every time I hear the album title, Smell the Glove, I try so hard not to laugh.
1: It's so good, which is why I had to put it in the summary. <laughs> smell
0: the Glove. And I was when I was taking notes, when we were watching it, I was trying to remember because I couldn't tell if they were saying Smell the Glove or Sniff the Glove. And I had to keep going back. But it mm-hmm. is, it is Smell the Glove. It sure is. It sure is. Yeah. Well, I don't remember exactly the first moment that I saw this film, but I do remember that it was my brother who insisted that I see it. And he was the one who sat down with me to watch the movie. I don't remember how old I was. I don't remember where we were. I'm assuming we were at my parents' house Um, or maybe when I was visiting him and when he was living in California. But I remember loving this film so much, I thought it was so hilarious. And this was really before, when I did see it, this was before mockumentaries were becoming a little bit more mainstream. I mean, this is obviously years before any of the Borat films before The Office or Parks and Rec. Um, And in fact, I had read, and Sonia, I'm sure you probably came across this in some of your research too, that there were a lot of people, especially people in the music industry that didn't realize it was a mockumentary they thought it was real and and felt like it really hit very close to home which i thought was really interesting because to me you know i'm not a rock star yet but to me <laughs> it everything seemed very absurd so i thought it was really interesting that people in the industry didn't see the farce so what were what were
1: your first impressions i'm excited to hear well it's funny that we that you mentioned people in the in the music industry not knowing that it was a mockumentary because I you know this movie came out shortly after I was born and it uh, you know I'd heard about it for ever you know since I was a kid until now I mean but I'd heard about the movie I heard about the band and I actually for probably until I was like eight or 10 thought Spinal Tap was a real band. And then like one day the door was opened and I learned it was not a real (laughs) band. And this was a movie about a fake band. And um, so it's, it's actually funny that even, even not having seen it, I had that same impression. Um, But ultimately I thought this movie was hilarious. I laughed out loud many 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 times um like it was hard picking a favorite line because there are so many that are so good and I actually just appreciate it now so much more knowing that so much of the movie was ad-libbed um because they just I mean I'm sure they did multiple takes of all the different scenes and probably played around with what lines were the funniest but it's just it's just so hilarious but I don't know that I would ever watch this movie again why is that <laughs> um i mean we'll kind of get into it at the at the categories okay. but it's just like it was entertaining i just don't know that i enjoyed it well i probably would watch it again with friends or with some like I would watch it with you Sean hated this movie <gasps> and-
0: <laughs> Sean is like
1: more and more dead to me with every I know, episode. I know. <laughs>
0: he Staying said points, disparaging
1: my favorite movies continue <laughs> he said and I quote tell Gina to pick a better movie next time <laughs> oh my god But I wonder if that affected my viewing experience because I knew that he was just like, he like stopped the movie maybe 36 minutes in and he was like, oh God, there's still 40 something minutes left in the movie.
0: Oh my Um, goodness. It is hard to enjoy a movie when the person you're watching the movie with isn't enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. And it is interesting that you say that you're not sure it's a movie that you would want to rewatch because even though I picked this movie, because I do feel that this is a staple film that you should see mm-hmm. and, I, and I thought that you would enjoy it. Um, there was a part of me that felt like when I started the film that I wasn't going to enjoy it, but I was laughing so much through the whole film and I've seen it so many times already. So for me, when I, my viewing of it was actually very enjoyable. And I think because I went into it thinking, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it as much as I did, you know, the last time I saw it, Um, especially watching it by myself. Because it is, it really isn't a film. It's not the film that I would pick to watch when I'm lounging on my couch. Like I'd probably go for one of my favorite rom-coms. And, uh, you know, that's, it is normally a film that I would watch with a group of people or with Lee, you know, because it's, he loves that film too, Yeah. but I, I just, I loved it so much. It was just, I felt like it it's held up over the years.
1: I think we should add it to our bucket list and watch it together when we can.
0: Okay. Without Mm (laughs) Sean.
1: You would be happy about that.
0: (laughs) It's one thing that I thought was um, really interesting that I read about, and this actually made me um, think about our Matrix episode because I read that Christopher Guest's, um, the name that he came up up with for his character, Nigel Tufnell is actually a combination of a dull name and a location in London. So he was do he was actually doing a play on Eric Clapton's. I name. know,
1: I have that too, as, right? a, as a
0: fun fact. I know. And I thought of you when I read that because I know how much you love Eric Clapton. I love him. Um, so then I was thinking for our next episode, we should each come up with our own spinal tap band member name. And it should okay. be a combination of a doll name and a location in London. Okay. <laughs>
1: Okay, perfect.
0: And we'll lead off with that in our next episode.
1: Excellent. That's <laughs> such a good idea. <laughs> my, The wheels are already turning in my brain.
0: <laughs> oh boy, I know, right? I know I started Googling stuff as soon as the movie was over, but then I was like, no, just wait, let this simmer, mm-hmm. introduce the idea to Sonia, and then go back and think yeah. about your name.
1: Well, I... Found, I think one of my favorite things about the film was just how many shout outs to other musical artists there are. And some of them are very subtle. Some of them are right in your face. And I'm sure I did not catch all of them because I'm by no means a musical expert. Um, but I did keep a list of those. But maybe oh. let's talk a little bit more about the, the film itself and come back to that. Or do we want to talk about that now?
0: No, I want to hear about that because I, I think that. I do believe that you have a much deeper knowledge of music and bands and probably what a lot of those references are. I think I missed maybe all of them and was just, (laughs) and was blinded by all of the funny lines (laughs) and song lyrics. So I want to hear
1: what you saw. Yeah. And some of these are just my interpretations of things. Like one of the things that I think stands out the most, and I think that this was all very much on purpose. There's so many ties to the Beatles in this. um, So here's my running list of them. Okay. So first is when they're talking a little bit about their history and they said they used to have this other drummer, but now they have this new drummer. There's, you know, that was a big thing with the Beatles. Pete Best was their original drummer. He was no longer in the band and then they had Ringo Starr, but the drummer thing also, I mean, there's been so many bands that have had multiple drummers mm-hmm. The who has had multiple drummers. I feel nervous that I'm going to get these bands wrong now, <laughs> um, you know, but the the Beatles was the one that I I primarily was thinking of um, with David and Nigel being childhood friends and starting this band and kind of being the two power people in the band was very remi- very reminiscent of John Lennon and, and Paul McCartney. That one's a hard one for me to say because George Harrison is my favorite Beatle, and I think completely underrated as a musician. Um, I, I yes. think maybe not so much now, but definitely at the time that the the Beatles were up and coming, everybody gave such credit to Lennon and McCartney. And George is just an incredible musician. Yeah. Um, even small things like their band name changing over and over and that's, I mean, that's reminiscent of so many bands who have gone through name changes. um, But the Beatles were the first one to stick out to me, the fact that they're even English. um, Mm -hmm. Their first performance, they showed them playing a song in black and white, they're all dressed the same. um, And that's very reminiscent of them being on The Tonight Show. And then, they reference um, them going through the flower power period, which is, again, very much like when the Beatles went to India, were very, very influenced. You even hear a sitar in the background, like it's it's
0: like yeah.
1: completely the Beatles. Um, Janine is very clearly meant to be like a Yoko Ono kind of figure, which I also had problems with because I think it's weird. Like when you see pictures of the Beatles recording and you sometimes see like, you know, Yoko sitting right next to John and like, you understand why there was frustration from the rest of the band about this woman being in on their creative process. You know, I think that's, that's very, that's very on the surface what it is. And I think if I were, had I been in the Beatles, which imagine <laughs> if I had been, um, it'd be I also, yeah, it'd be so amazing. Um, I also would be very frustrated by that and wouldn't want this person in a moment that is really meant for the band. Um, But I think that there's, you know, John and Yoko very clearly were in love. It was a love story. He had her there because she was his inspiration and his muse. And that's the difference I think between John and Yoko and David and Janine, because Janine just, sucked sucked right yeah totally totally sucked I didn't think she brought
0: anything to the table or really to the relationship I mean we only get a small glimpse of of their relationship but yeah but I didn't see her as playing that that role as as being inspiring um, instead more micromanaging and wanting to take over. But I but I assume that's what the film was going for. Yeah,
1: and it was, you know, definitely a plot point And and that's why it needed to be that way. But it was, you know, I just I felt sort of bad because I knew that most people probably are going to also make the connection between Janine and Yoko. And I feel badly because John and Yoko clearly actually loved each other, and she was a very inspirational person in his life. Shouldn't totally agree. Shouldn't have been in the studio when they were recording, but you can almost understand why.
0: Yeah, it um, would be
1: like if if
0: you had Sean sitting next to you right now.
1: Oh, he's actually he's right here. Oh, he's just on, he's just sitting on the floor, so you can't <laughs> okay?
0: <see him. laughs> Whispering, the movie sucked. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Tell Gina to pick a better movie. Pick a better movie. <laughs> just kidding. He is not in this room <laughs> even we were not even on the same floor um and then the last big uh similarity between the between the Beatles and Spinal Tap was just even with their their album cover of Smell the Glove being all black was like the white album they referenced the white album too Yeah, they did. Um, yeah. so I think that's not a, a crazy jump to make um but I, I thought that that was actually very clever that they have the Basically, the black album, um, and they had a whole reason why it ended up being black because what their original idea was was so offensive that they yeah. covered it. Um, but it did remind me of the white album. So those were all the Beatles connections. Um, I ask you a question before you get into
0: those other cores. Do you think that if the Beatles had stayed together, that they would have fallen into that heavy metal? No. Um, genre that This Is Spinal Tap
1: funneled into? No, I think they would have continued making I think they would have continued making rock music and I, I understand that heavy metal is rock but like they, I don't know how to describe their music—I want to say classic rock—but like, <laughs>
0: but heavy metal is kind of like class. I hear heavy but, metal on the classic rock station. Yeah, all but the time
1: exactly because anything that's from a certain time is now categorized as classic right. rock. But I think they would have continued making music that was like, and and not that heavy metal isn't creative or progressive. But I think the direction that they were going in with their last albums, they would have continued to do that. I mean, maybe had some songs that were a little bit more gritty, but definitely not heavy metal
0: yeah do you think any of them would have spontaneously combusted
1: I hope not right yeah
0: all right so what were what were some more of the connections that you heard okay
1: so some of the other ones so they had that one song this one I maybe jumped to a conclusion but it felt right Big Bottom was the name of the song Uh uh-huh yeah something I was the. I just immediately thought of "Fat Bottom Girls" by Queen.
0: Oh, for sure, that okay. that song is for sure. I think I read that that was supposed to be a play on "Fat Bottom Girls," okay. which is such a good song.
1: Such a good song. I love that song. <laughs> such a good song. Um, Nigel at one point uses a violin, like an actual full violin, on his guitar. Jimmy Page used to use a violin bow on his guitar. So okay, that I that made me laugh because I was like. That's a full on <laughs> right on his guitar. Um, I had the Eric Clapton fact, um, and then these are ones that I made of myself because I don't think anyone was thinking about Fish when this movie was made. Fish became a band a year before this movie was made. Okay, some of the things I'm referencing didn't happen until last year. (laughs) So um, (laughs) I just thought it was hilarious that they did a whole like thing on their stage about Stonehenge. And then Fish has a thing where they tell a story about Gamehenge. I won't go into detail about that. That's all I'm going (laughs) to say. And then it made me laugh too when Derek Smalls got stuck in the pod on during during one of their shows, because On New Year's 2019 into 2020, so Fish always does like a big stunt on New Year's um, or like a gag is what they call it. And so 2019 into 2020, they did this whole thing where they I'm just going to make this as quick as possible, but Mm -hmm. they had like dancers that were clones of them. And so the dancers were on the stage and then the members of Fish raised up onto, like, each of them were on a platform. Uh And then they played, you know, right as New Year's happened, they played, the dancers were dancing, and then they got lowered back down. Trey got stuck up there. (laughs) So he had to play the rest of the set, like, for (laughs) an hour plus. He was stuck up there. You could tell he was terrified because his platform was, like not level at one point he was like sitting because but still playing like yeah didn't miss a note was amazing and then finally at the end of the show like they ended the show that way they couldn't leave and come back after the encore (laughs) I mean for the encore right and someone had to like these people had to like come and get him and bring him
0: down (laughs) oh my gosh The craziest thing that I ever saw in a concert and it wasn't a mistake. It was just something that was really cool. It was actually when I was, when I was living in France and I saw Jean-Jacques Goldman in concert, who was amazing. And this one song that he did and I can't remember which song it was, but at one point, all of the performers like strapped themselves into the, the stage somehow. And then the stage lifted up. And I don't mean like lifted up, like straight up towards the ceiling. Like it lifted up at an angle So that they were like, so that the stage was like moving up towards the audience. So they were essentially like on their sides, but standing on the stage and just continued to play. It was the craziest thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's wild. Yeah. The French, they, they know how to do it. I guess (laughs) um yeah so those were sort of my my musical connections
0: wow that's I am just fascinated by all of those connections I a lot of them I think like the the Janine character I did make that Yoko Ono connection
1: yeah um
0: but and I you know and I like I didn't make the direct connection with the with the flashbacks with the shots of them playing on on like the bandstand show and and all of that um But you know, I wasn't making the direct connection to the Beatles, but yeah, there are a lot of parallels there,
1: yeah, and even things like they reference, like when they were talking about how all the drummers died, and they mentioned like one of them choked on vomit, like that happened to a lot of musicians, which is kind of sad, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's really sad. It's true, so I mean, I again, I I think I probably missed a lot, but I like, I think that was probably my favorite. My favorite part of the movie is I felt like I was in on the inside joke. Now I feel
0: like I'm on the outside. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I did actually, I did
0: pick up on on, on some connections, um, some Harry Potter connections.
1: Mm-hmm. I know exactly <laughs> so, what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> well, so there's, there's one. I did read that J.K. Rowling actually um, was inspired by the idea of them constantly getting new drummers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that inspired her idea to always have a different defense against the dark arts teacher yep. in each book, which I thought was funny. And then I think this was at the end of the film, there is a reference to finding a summer camp for pale young boys. That's called Hogwarts. Oh, I missed that. Yes. I think it's at the end of the movie, which I thought was, uh, which I thought was really funny. And I don't know if, she had gotten the name Hogwarts from this is spinal tap or if that was just a happy coincidence
1: I mean I kind of feel like if she was inspired to use the rotating teachers that it also would have inspired Hogwarts
0: let's just say that it did
1: Yeah, I would I think yes. My vote is definitely yes.
0: Okay. So our vote is for yes. And then if she ever listens to this podcast and disagrees, she can reach out and tell us. She can slip into our DM and be like, hey, nope, that's not where it came from.
1: I think you mean when she listens. When she listens, you're right. I have to think positively. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also moving away from the the similarities to other bands, I just I wrote down all of their Album names because they were hilarious. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Intravenous DeMilo, mm-hmm. The Gospel According to Spinal Tab, Shark Sandwich, which, by the way, had the best album cover I think I've ever seen. <laughs> and then, of course, Smell the Glove. <laughs>
0: I did too. I wrote those out. And then I, I wrote down because we were, we are adding a new category just for this episode, favorite song. So I did write down the, the song titles as well. So we had Big Bottoms, Hellhole, Flower People, Salvation, Heavy Duty. And then I wrote in parentheses, brings out the duty in, all, in us all. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Stonehenge, sex farm. And then I, I put in parentheses, plowing through your bean field. <laughs> that was my favorite line in the song. <laughs> and tonight I'm going to rock it, which I thought was kind of a, tonight I'm going to rock it. That was kind of a fun song. Yeah. And that's like, that.
1: yeah. And I would totally see a heavy metal band really having a song with that name.
0: Yeah, exactly. I felt the, this being, I I don't know how many times I've seen this movie, but something that I really appreciated about it this time around. And this might be because in the film class that I'm teaching, my students just made their own documentary. So we've been studying documentaries for like the past month. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. I, I was just really so impressed with how well the film was made. And and watching it, you know, reading that people didn't realize it was a mockumentary Mm -hmm. and now watching it, I can totally see why they would have thought that because it, it really is. I mean, they have everything that, that makes a documentary and it is so real. Like they've got all the B-roll, the voiceover narration, the talking heads, um, all of that. And it's done so well. And I noticed because I, I, In my class, we did watch, I recently watched Best in Show again, because I wanted to use that as like an example of a mockumentary, but Best in Show really is filmed a lot more like a regular movie. It has some of those documentary elements in it, Um, but this is Final Tap. It really just is all documentary. Um, It it just completely absorbs that style. Um, And unless you understand How absurd it is and understand that this couldn't be real I can totally understand how someone could watch it and think that it it is about a real band
1: the one scene that I think would tell me that it wasn't real was when (laughs) when Nigel is so upset about the meal that he got backstage and he's (laughs) like this bread is so small and then (laughs) the manager is like I know, but if you just fold the meat and he's like, yeah, but then he just starts folding, folding the, the bread, bread. it doesn't work. Like, I think that scene would make me think like, hmm. No one, no one is that oblivious to like how to eat food.
0: <laughs> but maybe they are. I mean, he also has guitars that you can't even point at. <laughs> you know, like, no, yeah,
1: but that's, don't I don't know. It. That, I actually, that's not, I could see that. Like a musician who really is so into their art and treats their instruments like these holy objects. I could totally see that.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, and I, and I think that whole, that whole, that whole segment with the guitar, don't, don't even look at it. No, yeah. at it. <laughs> I think that, I mean, that's just a little over the top because I, I mean, I, I have friends that are Um, incredible musicians and they'll, and they have these extensive collections of instruments and instruments that they've been eyeballing for years and saving up for and trading other instruments for, but they actually play them, you know, (laughs) they don't just have them so that no one can look at them. Mm -hmm. Um, But which is, which is really, but that was really funny. But, and also the, you know, the classic, this, you know this goes to 11, you know, Mm -hmm. we just need that little extra you know but what if you just set everything just set make the 10 higher you know I love and I really love that scene I appreciate how well Christopher Guest plays that scene where he just doesn't compute what what Marty's trying to say to him he's like but but this goes to 11.
1: Yeah but I totally get it like I would do the same thing I wouldn't you know he's like well then but you know 10's just the higher so why do you why do you have the 11 like it's the symbolism man (laughs) You know, we could go to 11 and it doesn't change it, but we're rocking so hard and we feel this so much. It goes to 11. Yeah. If you don't understand, that's your problem. Right. You sound like a rock star, Sonia. I think I like in another life maybe was. I was just going to say, I think in a past life,
0: you were a rock star. Right? Yeah. I get it, guys. Yeah. See, this is why you love this movie. Mm -hmm. Sean. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I love, <laughs> I love Sean too. I love Sean.
0: I'm just a little upset with him right now, but that's all right. I'll get over it. So should we get into the categories? Yes. Okay. Yes. So before we do, can you tell us our point recap? How many points do we have so far? We
1: have, let me pull up my handy dandy spreadsheet. We have nine points after Ooh. scoring just as an, an extra recap three points during the Karate Kid. We rocked the Karate Kid categories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now I have a question for you. If we score in the bonus category, is that two points? (gasps) Yes. (laughs) Decision made. I've decided now. Two points. Yeah. And I think there may be future movies where we have a bonus category and that's the case. It's two points. I love it. I think that this is a new rule that we just came up with right
0: now. Isn't this podcast exciting? It is so exciting. I know you weren't asking me, but... <laughs> I, I know. I'm asking the people listening. I'm just saying what they were all thinking. Right. Exactly. You just never know what you're going to get. Things could change up anytime because
1: we can do whatever we want. Oh, I'm sorry. Before we get into the categories, yes. I just wanted to bring up that um, Bruno Kirby, yes, Billy Crystal... Yes. We're both in this movie. I didn't realize it was Bruno Kirby, but he is the limo driver. Yeah. For anyone else who also didn't notice, Billy Crystal is one of the mime waiters. Apparently, yes. Dana Carvey is one too, but I missed him. Is he? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there is a there
0: are a lot of famous people in this film. Like Ed Begley. Yep. He's Jr., the first drummer. The first drummer. Um, Fran Drescher, who has a little bit more of a prominent role, um, trying to think who else I saw. Yeah. There's just a lot of, there are a lot of famous people in this film. Yeah. Yup. All right, here we go. We're going to start with favorite characters. I'm going first this time around. Now, my favorite character, before I watched the film again, I thought that my favorite character was going to be Nigel. But in this viewing, I actually preferred and chose as my favorite character, Derek Smalls, the bass player. And this is why I thought that he played a great straight man Mm -hmm. to Nigel and David. Because Nigel and David, they have this, especially when they have this conflict with Janine, I think both of them are very emotional. And, And Derek is so much more grounded than they are um even though he still is a little ridiculous like he he seems to be the one that is more centered I love that he smokes a pipe yeah Um, I love that he (laughs) when he speaks especially in his talking heads he is very he seems. he comes off as very like intellectual and conservative and reserved, but then the things he says are so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought he played that so well. And I really appreciated it this time around. Um, yeah. So he was my
1: favorite character. I loved when they were talking about how Stonehenge was a problem and cause it was, so, it was way too small. Right. And he's like, well, maybe we just need to have the, the dancers like have better choreography." choreography so they don't trot upon it <laughs> like right that yes. was one of the lines <laughs> that I laughed out loud for and
0: didn't he even after they when they when they fired Ian um isn't he the one that says you know more to the point are we doing stonehenge yes. <laughs> or was it when Nigel <laughs> quit i can't remember when he was like so are we doing stonehenge <laughs> no yeah
1: yeah and like it's so clearly like that's what everyone's thinking like alright so you guys just had a big fight but we need to perform tomorrow so are we doing this should <laughs> are we do- are we doing this? on no? what are we doing <laughs> Um, I picked Mick Shrimpton as my favorite character so he's the drummer I had to <laughs> I had to look up his name because I didn't know it but he just I the thing I loved about him is that he, he I always pick the back like the quiet background do, characters yeah. did you notice that I have noticed um, that it's also why George Harrison is my favorite Beatle oh um but he just like every scene he's just playing along he's just doing his thing and he he also had some like really low-key funny lines because you don't hear from him much but he there's like the one scene where he's being interviewed when he's in the bathtub yes and he's wearing that like ridiculous um shower cap which you don't need in the bathtub dude just put your hair up or don't go that low in the water i know but it was so pretty and It it was very nice and he says something about like I think um he's being asked like well you know they've had a lot of drummers and he's like yeah but at some point it's probably fine right (laughs) and then it's so sad when he just disappears (laughs) during the tour (laughs) i guess he spontaneously combusts or explodes or something but yeah i just loved him and he had really nice hair did he Mm -hmm. okay
0: I just noticed his shower cap. I even wrote in my notes, the drummer in the bathtub is wearing a really sparkly shower cap Mm -hmm. and it makes me smile.
1: Yeah. I also find, I really admire drummers. I think they're like, it's a very cool instrument to learn how to play and I would love to know how to play the drums.
0: Yeah. I don't know how to play the drums. I did play in high school. Um, I was in the pit in the marching band. So I did play the xylophone Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and the gong.
1: Okay. So you're working
0: your way up to the drums. I I did. I I learned how to roll. um, And that was, and that was pretty much it. And the gong was really fun. Did you know you have to warm up a gong? No. Yeah. Especially because we were playing when it was really cold outside. So I had to make sure that the gong was warmed up so that when I smashed it, it didn't crack. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That that is the extent. Although, oh, does the tambourine count? Because I rock that tambourine in in my band. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's funny because the um as well, we'll get well, hang on, we'll get to that in a second. Should we move on to least favorite character? Yes. Because my next comment would actually connect to my least favorite character. I I feel like we might have the same answer here, maybe, or maybe not. My least favorite character was Janine.
1: Yes, we have a point. Yes. 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 She sucks
0: she sucks. She sucks so much. And she's totally useless. And what really, what like cemented it for me was after Nigel has quit and they're performing and she's on stage and she, or maybe it wasn't after Nigel had quit, but she's on there with a tambourine. Mm -hmm. And even as a tambourine player, I felt like she was pretty useless. Yeah. Because the tambourine, and I only say this because I have played it, you know, before, mm-hmm. it's no joke. <laughs> so I, I just, but everything, everything about her, like you had mentioned before, and we had talked about this how in your comparison between her and Yoko Ono, you could see that, you know, Yoko and John Lennon were very much in love and she was an inspiration to him. And with Janine, I don't really see her being an inspiration. I really didn't understand what David saw in her you know, other than, you know, she's, you you know, for for 80 standards, you know, she's beautiful. And um, he does talk about how she tries to um, kind of, you know, basically mellow him out and introduce him to Eastern philosophy and and all of that. And I I get the draw that way, but otherwise, you know, everything that she brings to the table is just completely useless and, and ultimately destructive to the band and to the relationship between David and Nigel, Um, you know, and, and I think that that there, I I like that the film has that conflict in it, but um, I just, uh, I I just, yeah, I just don't like her.
1: Yeah. Me neither. And I agree. Like she is so clearly meant to be the, the Yoko Ono character, which I know I've mentioned several times before, but it's just like, it's, it's, if, Yoko had no qualities that would make her a person that you could actually see influencing somebody as genius as John Lennon. And she did have those qualities and she still does. And she's fantastic. I love her. Mm -hmm. Um, But
0: Janine, not so much. Yeah. So we're going to move on to worst or least convincing performance. Now, I struggled with this category because I really felt like everybody's performance was really good. Even when I tried to look at some of the more minor characters, I felt, no, I thought everybody was really convincing. So I almost left this blank. I almost <laughs> pulled a Sonia and just left it blank. Um, and then I was, but I, I kept thinking about it and thinking about it. And I said, no, you know what? I have my answer. And my answer is very unconventional for two reasons. One, because it's a tie. Ooh. And two, because it's not people. Oh, interesting. So my, my answer, so my pick for worst or least convincing performance are the failed stage props for their concerts, <gasps> Namely the pod that did not open mm-hmm. and Stonehenge. Wow,
1: that blew my mind. Did can, it? It blew my mind when I thought of it. Can we add Trey's platform to that? yes <laughs> <laughs> imagine if that is what I had chosen I'd be not. like what <laughs> that is a very clever answer I like it I like Thank that you. we keep each other on our toes right that is not my answer I really when you started describing this I thought you were gonna say what I chose okay or who I chose rather okay. I chose a who not a what okay okay I thought Rob Reiner, (laughs) not good. (laughs) And I understand he's supposed to be the documentarian. So like, he's not supposed to be as eccentric, but like, I was like, are you awake? What's (laughs) happening (laughs) when he's asking his questions? And I read that he was supposed to be originally in the band. I don't know if this is a joke or not. Okay. Because then, then the the thing that put him out of the band was that he didn't look good in spandex. Right. <laughs> so anyway, I felt, I know he was supposed to be the filmmaker in the background and not an actor, but like, maybe he did too good of a job.
0: <laughs> of being in the background. Of and being in acting. the background, yeah. <laughs> I will say his intro to the film was a little cheesy, but, but mm-hmm. I, but I felt like, you know as a as a filmmaker documentarian and you know interviewing everybody and just trying to be more of a bystander i mean it worked for me but um but yeah but i could see because he's not playing that eccentric role of the musician there is a huge contrast between his performance and everybody else's performance yeah. so it does yep. make him stand out a little bit
1: yeah
0: maybe not in a great way yeah cool no i i i appreciate your answer Thank you. You're welcome. All right. And then that leads us to best performance. Mm-hmm. And for me, I felt that the best performance in this film was Christopher Guest as Nigel Tufnell. Two, Two points. Two points. We are what tonight we're going to rock it. Tonight we're going to rock it. <laughs> and here's why. Because I felt that his character goes through and, and i think i said this again you know i'm thinking of pulp fiction when i picked samuel l jackson and how his character went through more of an arc i felt that nigel's character does have a little bit of an arc and i felt that he played the role of being hurt and affected in a bad way by janine really I
1: totally agree well. yeah
0: What did it for me was the scene when David is on the phone with Janine and finds out that she's coming and, and you see Nigel standing there staring at him. And without even saying anything, you can totally read what he's thinking. He knows David's talking to her. He knows that she's probably coming. And then when David does, and he's like, she's coming, she's gonna tour with us. It's gonna be great. And you can tell that he's holding in so much disappointment. Yeah. And, and maybe anger, um, you know, just I, I, I felt like he played that really, really well. Um, I and even just in and all those other scenes where he's just so absurd like the one you brought up about the sandwich <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and his explanation of this one goes to 11 and mm-hmm. um, you know all of you don't touch the guitar like don't touch it don't don't even look at it you know like he's just
1: he's so good I agree I agree like he's you know as is my way I'm always watching the background and like He has so many moments where he is just in the background because he's there when, you know, conversations are happening and he just has such a good reaction to things. Um, the scene where Janine starts fighting with the manager and then he quits, um, nigel's just sort of sitting there or christopher guest as nigel is just sitting there and he's sort of like looking at his hands but you can tell that he's paying attention to what's going on he's processing and he's just so angry but he's just like kind of in the background it was so good yeah. i also felt like sometimes he looked like ozzy osborne in the way that they had costumed him okay. which has nothing to do with his performance it was just, <laughs> just an aside that i have just a little a little icing on the cake <laughs>
0: nice all right you lost me at so i got lost so the film lost me at the part when you had just mentioned actually we're so good at segway sonia yeah we are and when, when ian and janine are arguing i was lost at ian's argument about not wanting to work with janine because she's a woman
1: mm. Yeah, that's not cool.
0: I could understand him not wanting to work with her because she has no managerial experience Mm -hmm. because she doesn't know what she's doing because she knows nothing about music. Um, That I could understand. But the whole, I'm not working with a woman kind of was disappointing to me. Um, Maybe not disappointed. I wasn't disappointed in the film because I, I think that there's an element of misogyny threaded through the film but I think it's supposed to be satirical yeah but in this moment I didn't feel like it was Mm -hmm. you know I felt like it was a blatant I don't want to work with her because she's a woman um if she had been a more virtuous character maybe it would have come across differently but I I felt like there were so many other things he could have said as you know really sufficient arguments for not wanting to work
1: with her so that that part lost me a little bit okay yeah That's fair. So my, you lost me at, I'm going to call you lost me. And I think lost Sean at (laughs) the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) They're not a real band. Oh, so it's hard. It's hard to care about what's happening to to them. And, you know, I think, um, I think like he's very similar to me. Like, I mean, our favorite band together is fish and he loves music just like I do. And, you know, we have so many bands that we really love and care about and do watch actual documentaries about. So I feel like I struggled sometimes, um, with when, when things would happen in their story and you can tell that it was moving in a bad direction. I was like, well, that's fine. Like if this ends and they don't get back together, I'm okay. But in watching, if it, you know, if I was watching this about a band that I really loved or watching, um, You know, there's that Beatles film that's coming out soon, which, you know, I know how it ends, but Mm -hmm. I will, I know I'll feel really emotionally invested when they're having fights and when conflicts come up and, you know, you're like, all right, I just want to know what happens to move the film along, but it was hard to actually care about how they turned out and what their future would look like. Um, So I'm, it was i think i feel like that's why sean didn't like it but he will tell me it. <laughs> right <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you know and it's interesting because even though they're not a real band they did write the music they did perform the music they actually performed a spinal tap outside of the film which is so it's interesting it, it you know and earlier when you had um mentioned the fact that they're not a real band. It made me think of the monkeys Mm -hmm. did you watch the monkeys ever
1: a little bit yeah
0: yeah i love the monkeys i i love that show um and i always thought that they were a real band and then people kept telling me no they're not a real band and i'm like but but they're kind of are but they but they perform i mean i guess the difference is that the monkeys their characters i'm using air quotes here in the show that's actually them you know they're not you know, fake personas, I mean, maybe, maybe they're embellished or caricaturized a little bit in the show, but, you know, David Jones is Davy Jones. Yeah. Well, it's like the
1: Partridge family too. Like they weren't really a musical group, but there was a show about them and then they, then they toured and did stuff. Um, but actually, but That's sort of part of the problem too, with they're not a real band. So, and also given that this was my first time seeing it, like I wasn't familiar with any of the music. So Mm -hmm. even, even in a documentary about a band that I like, if like there's something happening in it that I'm not that interested in, there's always music playing and you're like, oh, well, but you know, at least the song is on. So even if I don't care about this, like interview with this fan, which usually those are the worst parts, Mm -hmm. some fans are. (laughs) <laughs> a little eccentric um <laughs> you're at least you know hearing some music in the background and that keeps you hooked
0: yeah all right you had me at this part gets me every time I just think it's so funny every time Stonehenge <laughs> your answers. <laughs> every time and I remember the first time I saw the movie I just thought that was the funniest thing that they wrote 18 inches instead of 18 feet and the artist was like oh you just want this this is it this is what you asked for like there was never a thought that maybe they want this bigger you know (laughs) like I don't know like the whole thing is just so absurd it uh, just oh I love it so
1: much (laughs) it is good it is it's one of those like small clever things that you're like whoever came up with this is a genius right? who like who thinks of that yeah and it actually
0: ties into one of my I had a list of possible favorite lines and I didn't pick this one as my favorite but it's after the whole Stonehenge debacle and they're sort of like deconstructing what happened. And David says, I think the problem may have been that there was a Stonehenge monument on the stage that was in danger of being crushed by a dwarf. (laughs) I love that line. line.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, so this kind of, (laughs) this kind of contradicts my last answer Mm -hmm. because my You Had Me At moment is when Nigel rejoins the band on stage and like they're all playing (laughs) and Nigel is standing in the wings and then he and David make eye contact and... You know David's like come out here and I'm just like yeah and then he goes out there and they start rocking again and then you know that's the beginning of their second part of their career um and although I just said I don't I didn't really care what happened to them it was nice to see them becoming a group again and and refinding why they started this and what they felt it could be going forward and it was just happy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, and I do also like that they, they leave it up in the air, whether or not Nigel and Janine make amends in some way, because there's definitely, um, some bitterness on her part. I think when Nigel is brought back on stage, oh for sure, to her and she looks annoyed. Um, and I wonder if, you know, they are able to reconcile and, and be friends and work together because I think, Especially for David. I mean, I imagine that, you know, having your childhood friend who you have a career with not getting along with the person you're in love with must be incredibly difficult and uncomfortable. So well, I, assumed, I assumed, I assumed sh-
1: shortly after the, the events of the film that they, that David and she broke up because they get their manager back. Like, I feel like she, she leaves soon after. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah.
0: Because she really doesn't bring anything. No, she sucks. Table. <laughs> As we have established in our worst character category. Totally sucks. All right. Favorite line. I would very much love to read my runners up, even though I have a few of them.
1: I, I do already... you have to. This movie is so funny. <laughs> how,
0: could, how could you not? And I didn't even write down all the ones that I wanted to write down because it would have basically been the whole movie. Yeah. But some of my runners-up were the line that I just read about um, Stonehenge being in danger of being crushed by a dwarf. Mm-hmm. Another one of my favorite lines is when Nigel is playing this very tender song on the piano in D minor, I believe he said, which is the saddest of all keys. And <laughs> and and Marty says this is a real departure from you know what you normally do, and and he says what is it called? And he says lick my love pump. Yeah. Was one of my one of my favorite moments in the whole film but it wasn't my favorite line another one of my favorite lines was in the very beginning and it's our first um, talking head with the interview with the whole band and they're talking about what happened to their previous drummer and how he had died and he choked on vomit and then they go through this whole thing but it wasn't his vomit it was somebody else's vomit no one could determine whose vomit it was and then some I think it was David said you can't really dust for vomit <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. These um, go to 11 was also up there. Uh, dozens of people spontaneously combust each year. It's not widely reported, <laughs> but my favorite line. And I think this is my favorite line because I tend to repeat an iteration of this line. Um, and it's when they are looking at, they, they get to see the black album cover. Oh my God. For the I think first I know. What, yep. Mm-hmm. And, and then Nigel says, how much more black could this be? And the answer is none. None more black.
1: That was Sean's favorite line.
0: <gasps> okay, I love Sean again.
1: Yeah, I, I'm so glad. You that is my title. favorite line
0: because I always... I say like none. was none. none, none <laughs> more whatever. How much more pasta could you make? None, none more pasta. Like like me and I say this all the time. I love this line and it's so funny.
1: It's a great line. I that was almost mine because oh. also like a couple of our friends quote that line all the time. So mm-hmm. I it, this is one of those movies where I've heard things and I'm like, "Oh, that's what that's from." <laughs> no. Uh-huh. So not my favorite. Mine was in the scene where you referenced the scene before where they're talking about what happened to all of their drummers mm-hmm. and they're talking about their first drummer and David says, oh, he died in a bizarre gardening accident. And then Nigel says, it's really one of those things. Authority said, best leave it unsolved. <laughs> like, what? I laughed so hard. Let's that. Let's just break this
0: down for a second. What do you suppose would be a bizarre gardening accident that somebody
1: could die in? You fall on the clippers or okay. you get run over by a lawnmower or yeah. you
0: accidentally eat the fertilizer. Those are all really good answers. Did you think about this? No, <laughs> those were all off
1: the top <laughs> of my head. You just rattled
0: those off I like it like all happened.
1: <laughs> Duh. Come on, Gina.
0: Oh, my gosh. I've got nothing. I got oh, none, none
1: got- starting accidents. <laughs> yeah.
0: None more accidents. None more accidents. All right. Favorite song. Mm-hmm. My this, favorite- as a reminder is for two points. Two points. I did. There were a lot of songs that I really liked, but my favorite song, which happens to be played twice in the film was Sex Farm.
1: Oh, that is not my answer. I no. Thought. Mine is also
0: played twice in the movie
1: oh is it the is it the one that we hear in the beginning and the end i don't think so oh (laughs) (laughs) mine was give me some money wait which one was that that's the one so they they play it twice they play it that's the one that they're playing when they're on the late show Mm -hmm. black and white but then my actual favorite version of it i'm calling it the give me some money jam they're okay. like joking around and playing it, and that's when Janine comes in for the first time.
0: Oh, okay.
1: But I love like they're they're like jamming on it. Yeah,
0: you know what my second favorite song was was the one when Marty is interviewing David and Nigel and asking them about when they wrote their first song, and then they they actually then they start like playing mm-hmm. it and trying to remember it. And I remember I thinking, agree. This the one a, about like the bus or something. The train, yeah yeah I was like yeah this is a good song. It is a good song. Yeah, I liked that song a lot too. Yeah oh man. Well, how many points did we get?
1: We got two points. Okay. Oh <gasps> Sonia Wait, is it my turn? No, we have oh. 11 points <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> Crank it to 11. This is amazing. oh my god that is so it's perfect I'm kind of glad us we're amazing I'm glad we didn't score any more points
0: 11 points we have a total of 11 points on our episode of this is Spinal Tap so we can officially say this goes to to 11 11. yes oh boy Yay. yay well I'm really excited that I got you to watch this is Spinal Tap and
1: Anderson, I'm really excited. We added it to our bucket list.
0: Yes. Yeah, so we'll watch it. We have, what else do we have in our bucket list? So we need to find a restaurant that has a live piano player.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're going to go to that um, amusement park in Georgia. What else do we have on our bucket I think list? This. We need a Google doc for our bucket list. I think we
1: do. We'd love we to, to go back and re-listen to our episode. Yes, we will. All right. So are you
0: ready to hear what I have in store for us for our next episode? so I did have a different movie that I was planning to have us watch next but then Sonia you recently told me that there were some romantic comedy movies although I don't know if this classifies as a romantic comedy but you had sent me a screenshot of some movies that you have not seen (laughs) and I cannot believe that one of the movies that was in that screenshot you have not seen Mm -hmm. you probably already know where this is going I do So, Sonia, our next movie that we are going to be watching is, drumroll please, Pretty Woman.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I cannot wait to watch this movie again, and I cannot wait to hear what you have
1: to say about it. So, Sonia, what is Pretty Woman about? Julia Roberts is a lady of the night, and for some reason, Richard Gere hires her. And she gets mad at him at some point because he references the fact that she's a lady of the night, but then they fall in love. Okay. (laughs) That's not bad.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's pretty much the movie. Okay. But we're still going to watch it. And your actual plot summary will, I'm sure, be... In much more detail, and it would be just as amazing if, and wonderful. Imagine if it was exactly the, <laughs> same. Read the same thing. <laughs> I wouldn't blame you
1: for doing that. <laughs> I already think I know what our drink is going to be.
0: You do? Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I want to be surprised. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, I'll, I'll text All you. All right. Well, that's the end of our episode. So don't forget to follow us on Instagram at nnsipod. And join us next time with your cocktail at the ready when we
1: talk about Pretty Woman. And we'll see you then because we've got lots more to watch. And I've seen nothing. So please keep listening. And we'll keep watching. Bye. Bye.